Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. That was a weird opening because it didn't look like it was recording. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> I was wondering what the fuck she was doing. Yeah. She was like leaning over her mic, almost like she was gonna like eat it like a taco. Yeah. <laughs> the thought has crossed my mind. No, um, it just yeah, it was doing something weird. Oh, uh, anyway, enough inside baseball for everybody. <sighs> Another week. We're in Tuesday of the week. Whenever y'all are getting this, of course. Yeah, we are not on Tuesday. This is not a live situation. You don't want that. No. I mean, unless you do, let us know. We could put it on a Patreon, but it will not be for a hot minute because... Yeah, Tuesday, we can't go live on a Tuesday. Just say you're sick. I'm out of days, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> y'all, you need to help us out on <laughs> Patreon so she can get more of you PTO. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to call my boss right oh my gosh speaking of do you have a daily dose of what happened uh during your work week um uh let me think of something I can tell that might be vague enough that could happen anywhere um no because those cunts are so special I don't think anybody else so okay so none this week because it is too specific Yes, okay, but fair. you know what? Here's what's funny. I actually have like um, on my notes, my note app on my phone, keep notes. Um, I do have keep notes for things that happen at work. And I was going through it the other day and I was looking and I was like, I, I don't know what some of this stuff means. <laughs> like, do you want to read some of it? Um, Millennials dating Tinder sex with strangers. Okay. I don't know what that means. And I'm pretty sure that's a pretty fucking amazing story. Um, I don't know what that means. Do you think maybe you were trying to like figure out like or ask a question of a millenni- millennial in the office? I think there was a whole fucking story, but I, I don't know what that means (laughs) and then I have my stupid ass doctor (laughs) so what you're saying is is your notes need to be just a little more detailed so you can get a little more context and remember Uh uh-huh okay um I have office manager salty at me and then this emoji (laughs) shrug (laughs) yeah um Oh, yeah. Then I have chasing the dogs around the neighborhood. That that happened. Um, the dog pulled me to the ground and then tried to attack a neighbor. And then I had to go chase them around the neighborhood to get them back. What the hell? That happens. That's super fun. How long ago was that? I don't know. <laughs> there are no dates. <laughs> it's just bullet points of... Yes, look. Musings. It's musings. I love With it. With boxes for me to check it off because I told that one. Do you... This reminds me of, like, <laughs> if you ever watch King of the Hill, Peggy and her 
newspaper column, the musings or whatever. <laughs> Good yeah. lord. Yeah, the dog pulled me to the ground trying to get to the neighbor. I'm sorry, neighbor. Um, I had to go apologize. Because they were, we, okay, we were redoing our fence. Mm-hmm. So, um, we couldn't just let him out in the backyard to go to the bathroom. And my husband had the two older ones at the school for something. It was just me and the younger one when he was much younger. So we had to take him out on the leash. And then they got off the leash. One of them got off the leash. The leash unclipped. And we were trying to go get that one. And then the bigger one was chasing after the littler one. Ah, oh, jeez. And the big one's really big. And he's strong. And he pulled me down. And then I let go of the leash, and then we're cheap. I was barefooted. I didn't oh. have a bra on. <laughs> You're living your best life. And so I'm trying <laughs> to chase these dogs. I'm on the phone with my husband, and I'm cussing him out, and I'm cussing the dogs out as I'm chasing the dogs. And then my neighbors are outside, and they're looking at me like, this bitch is fucking crazy. It's another day in the life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess I can check mark that box. I mean, yeah. That yeah, check it. There you go. That's there's one off the list. I, I can't even find that one. <laughs> <sighs> this is great. It we really guys we don't script this. Just so you know, we really don't. This is actually happening in real life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, this is a good one. I remember this story. So this comes up quite frequently. Uh, not frequently, but every once in a while, um, my coworkers will bring up, um, they'll see something or somebody will bring up um, CBD oil. Oh, yeah. And they think CBD is drugs. Totally. Yeah. So hardcore drug. CBD is not drugs. No. No. Uh, no. Uh, and that makes me laugh because I normally have already eaten a gummy. Well, yeah. Or 10. <laughs> Depending on the day. Yeah. You're just like, hmm, yeah, that's so crazy. That super high you got off of that CBD oil. What? I'm like, oh my God, you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> well, you know where I was all week. We just talked about it. Was watching the damn Jamie Lynn Spears shit. Yeah, I... That just makes you want to barf in my mouth. I don't know why you're watching it. You're, I don't know why you're giving her the time of the day. I mean, that well, for, okay. in itself, like... The one thing is, is I only watched one actual video clip from the actual source. So that was only one view. And the second one I watched from the podcast that interviewed her... Yeah, you're giving that podcast... Um, but, listen. No, but I didn't actually. Because it was a recording of the podcast website by a small creator on YouTube. I'm just saying. I didn't give the actual podcaster actual Jamie Lynn Spears a view. I gave the small podcaster uh, a view I'm on her YouTube. Saying. I'm just saying. I'm not giving her the time of day. Right. I just had to see it for myself. I, I was like, surely. Surely she is not the mouthpiece of the family making money off of a book that we all know is fucking fake. And the fact that it, it's so obvious they're doing it because they know they're about to get their asses sued by Britney, as they should, because they ain't got no real money for themselves. That's all her money. I know. And I love the fact that Britney is still employing um, Rosen, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Rosengard, Rosenbloom, Rosen. 
What's her attorney's name? I can't remember. But he's the only one who saved her. Like, literally. And the fact that she's using him for all of her legal services now. Oh, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. She, well, and what was interesting about that interview from the podcast was the second piece was cut in half because right in the middle, Jamie Lynn got a cease and desist. So she had to stop talking about it and finish the recording at a later date. I was like, yes, queen, stepping into your power. Fuck her. Amazing. Yes. yes. And I, okay, so um, I do follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And she had that one bathing suit on that was super cute. The pink one? Was that the one that had the, like the um, strips? The cutouts? Yes. Yeah, I, that was so cute. I agree. I was like, girl, that bathing suit is so cute. A, I want to know where you bought it. But B, I'm not going to buy one because um, this can't fit in all that. <laughs> girl, you would totally rock that suit. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I'm pretty sure I've gained 20 pounds Did, in the past six months. You know what? Who cares? I care. I don't want to <laughs> see me at all. I don't want to look in the mirror and see that. Fair. <laughs> oh. but yeah, honestly like Brittany deserves to be left the fuck alone yes. I mean yes. leave Brittany alone has never meant more than right now who would have thought who would have thought that crazy dude under his sheets I know was, was right, so right the whole time and is all he, of us is he a clairvoyant like I, I can I have him read my tea leaves for real I'm with you and the other thing is is like I will say I'm not proud of who I was back whenever this was happening, because I was full on like we had like a Deadpool going. Well, between her and Lindsay and Paris, you know what? During that time, I was doing a lot of shit. I was a little fucked up. I mean, hun, who among us? We, so, I mean, when you work in the restaurant industry, yeah. I'm just saying. I know. But after now realizing, growing, and going, wow, I fucked up. I was a bad. That was not good. I'm like, no, nobody deserves to be treated that way. And honestly, I think it's actually opened up quite a bit of um, opportunity for people with disabilities to talk about situations like this that happen way more often than anyone wants to think about. And also, it's as easy as like that to get this done to somebody. Clearly, there's no oversight. There is no check-ins to make sure like from some other independent agency somewhere else about like, okay, is this being done properly? Is this person not literally being like watched through her phone that can be disabled at any time and given new phones consistently. And like, it, it, there absolutely needs to be changes in this country. And the fact that disabled people are treated like subhumans, it's fucking disgusting. And here's why. Do you wear glasses? You have a disability. So it's for everybody. So if for anyone to be like, well, but I'm not... Di-. Everybody. Everybody. Like, it's just unbelievable to me that this is not a conversation that hasn't been had before and you know i think i think it's good that that britney has in this fucked up way been able to shed a light on that and the conservatorship situation to begin with because old people are also being taken advantage of this way like oh honey you don't know what you're talking about and then this money grubbing person comes in and takes their money um if y'all want to watch a phenomenal movie about this, which is done in a really like kind of cheeky way, uh, on Netflix, it's called I Care A Lot with Rosamund Pike. Highly recommend. I was one of the, the people that really loved it. I thought they was excellently done. Some other people like hate it. So it's really divisive, but definitely watch it. It's a really satirical view of this whole conservatorship situation going on in America right now. So 
I actually, I meant to bring this up before we got started, but I forgot because, you know, my MS brain kicks in sometimes. Mm. Um, and it kind of goes along with the conservatorship, but um, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to get into it or why, but I kind of wanted to give out the suicide prevention number today. Please. Um, so if you or somebody you know, um, needs to talk. Um, the suicide prevention lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255. Yeah, that's really important. Thank you for doing that. Yes. It's, it's sometimes just that, that one little step, honestly, can change your whole life. And things can get really overwhelming if you look at them as a whole. But if you just make one tiny little baby step, like even just calling that number can change your world really yes um it's in a post on our social media um so if you go back through our posts because this is gonna be yeah a couple days from now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you'll see it um but yeah no we care about y'all that's all to say we just care about y'all a lot and you know we know everybody's going through struggles especially right now man uh it's been a journey so, Mandy, you want to take us on a journey of murder and mayhem with your dad today? Yes. So, um, this is going to be a journey. Jesse's going to get worked up. I'm going to get worked up. Y'all, I'm going to tell you about Jason Van Dyke. This name might ring a bell. If it doesn't, it's going to in a second. So he was born in 1978 in Hillsdale, Illinois. He graduated from Hillsdale South High School in 1996. After high school, Jason earned a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from St. Xavier University in Chicago. He became a Chicago police officer in 2001. In 2004, Jason married his wife, Tiffany, and the couple had two daughters. Tiffany worked as a fitness instructor and a part-time bartender. In 2016, she was about to begin training as a Cook County Sheriff's deputy, but her potential career in law enforcement was cut short due to her husband, Jason. So, who is Jason Van Dyke and what did he do? Well, I feel like um, we just heard the new news, but I'm going to go back to the beginning and tell you, and remind you what a man cunt he is. Please. So, October 14th, 2014, Jason um, began his 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift with the Chicago Police Department. Jason was working as a relief officer and was not working with his regular partner. He was working with a 16-year veteran, Joseph Walsh. While this was Jason's first shift for the week, he had worked earlier in the day as a part... at his part-time job with the Monterey security um, at the Walmart as a security guard. So around 9.45, a 911 call came in that said a man was breaking into trucks, and when they confronted him, he pulled a knife and swung it um, at one of the witnesses that had called the police. Um, This man, he was actually 19-year-old Laquan McDonald. Laquan ran down the road, And about two minutes later, at 9.27, officers Thomas Gaffney and Joseph McElgott arrived on the scene, and um, they talked to the two witnesses who confronted Laquan and called 
and were the ones that called 911. They gave the officers Laquan's description and which direction he went. Between 9.47 and 9.53, officers McGaffney, or officers Gaffney and McElgott looked for Laquan. They see him walking down the street. Um, Officer McElgott gets out of the police car and tells Laquan to stop, turn around, and take his hands out of his pockets. Laquan turns, walks away, and takes um, both hands out of his pockets, and he's holding a knife in his right hand. Mm. It is a pocket knife. Keep that in mind. Okay, and real quick, mm-hmm. Joe Joseph Walsh, the partner, just kind of rung a bell. Is this like Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh? No. No, because it's from 2014, so not yeah. when he was actually yeah. a police officer. Sorry, I was just like, oh my God, is this the... <laughs> no. So, um, about 9.53, Officer McElgott draws his weapon and orders Laquan to drop his knife. As Laquan continues to walk down the road, Officer McElgott continues to follow Laquan on foot while Officer Gaffney follows in the car. While this is happening, officers Jason Van Dyke and Joseph Walsh leave the 7-Eleven parking lot and head towards their location. So between 9.53 and 9.56, officers Gaffney turns the car towards Laquan, trying um, to direct the direction which he's walking. Laquan swings his arm and punctures the police car's tire and hits the right side of the windshield with his knife. Oh, shit. But he continues walking down the road. At 9.56, Laquan begins to run towards the Burger King parking lot. A bystander points two police cars towards the Burger King parking lot, and Laquan runs through the Burger King parking lot, followed by Officer Jason Van Dyke and Officer Walsh. They are following by car. Officer McElgott is following on foot. So, so, at this point, this kid, Laquan, mm-hmm. he is just a suspect in what they're thinking are ch- what they, truck break-ins. Yeah. And all that they have on him is the fact that he swung a knife at one of the witnesses at the at this crime scene. Mm-hmm. Right now, he still has that knife mm-hmm. and is walking away from the police officers. Yes. Okay. So, at 9.57, bear with me. I'm going to give you some directions. Um... So the street names don't really mean as much now as how the car came up on Laquan. So Offner Gaffney turned around, turned right onto 40th Street, and then on Polosky. Laquan runs south in the middle of the road, enters the intersection of 21st and Pulaski. Officer Marsh and Jason Van Dyke's car drives over the curb and sidewalk north of the Burger King and goes around Laquan and on his left side and goes further south on Pulaski. Officer Gaffney approaches from the south. Laquan slows down as he gets closer to Officer Marsh and Jason Van Dyke's car stops in the middle of the road. Laquan's right arm is extended and you can see a silver object, but he begins to walk away from both of the police cars. Jason Van Dyke exits the car with his gun drawn. He points it at Laquan. Officer Marsh exits the driver's side and moves around the car. Officer Gaffney continues to follow Laquan slowly inside the car. Jason Van Dyke takes a step towards Laquan. Laquan looks at his right, 
um, his right hand, moves it behind his waist, and then back to his right side. He then steps away from the officers. This is when Jason Van Dyke fires his first shot hitting Laquan. There we go. Of course. Laquan spins clockwise, falls onto the street. Jason Van Dyke, Jason Van Dyke takes more steps towards Laquan as he continues to fire 15 more shots. 15? Jason Van Dyke fires for 13 seconds after the first shot. You need to fire 15 shots into someone who's on the ground. For real. Who do you fucking think this is? The Hulk? Are you kidding me? No, dude. Shit, the first shot was enough. Now arrest him and take him in. And this isn't that what you're supposed to, I'm putting that in quotes, to be doing at this point? Not firing 15 more shots just because you're frustrated? Come on, man. That's murder. So an officer approaches Laquan, kicks the knife from his hand, and Laquan doesn't move. At 9.58, several other police police cars arrive. Multiple officers walk by and stand near Laquan, but no one offers aid. Of course not. 10.06. This is a conversation between dispatch and an officer. I'm going to look away. And when can you, I need, um, get some info on the victim's condition. Whatever you can, when you can, okay? That's the dispatcher. Offender. Unknown officer on the scene. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do six things at once. So all they were concerned with, they weren't concerned with giving them actual information. They were concerned with correcting the dispatcher's term of victim to offender. Oh, okay, bro. Okay. Huh. Yeah. No, no, no. Remember, we got to give our, our, we got to get the the line straight here before this goes to the news. And these dumb fucks don't realize that everything they do now is recorded. So, I watched the um, dash cam footage. Oh, no. Why? Because I am a glutton for punishment. Um, So, in the dash cam footage, they did have the dispatch... um, Along with the footage, the entire time, there's an officer. Well, the entire time, dispatch is asking for someone to go on scene who has a taser. And later, I'll talk about it. An officer is waiting for somebody with a taser to show up. Okay. This is pre or post shooting? Pre shooting. Okay. So they're like, we just need a taser. We need a non-lethal way to just get this. He only has a knife. And a pocket knife. It's a small, pocket knife. little, like, three to four inch. It's not a machete. You know? Right, right. So, at 1042, Laquan was transported to Mount Sinai Hospital and pronounced dead. Of course he was. Yeah, you fire him 15 times. He's, yeah. So, um, the Cook County Medical Examiner's office said Laquan did have PCP in his system, but ruled his death as a homicide. Now, I want to say. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. I watched the dash cam footage, watching him, you would not have known he was on drugs. Okay. So you think Um, maybe it was like from a while back and it's just like residual? It was a, it even said somewhere that it was a low dose of PCP. Um, I'm doing my due diligence and reporting what I know about the situation. Right. But I watched the footage, like 
Do you think that also explains a little bit of his like erratic behavior, like swinging at people and stuff with a knife? Like kind of he feels a little, you know, you get paranoid when you're on drugs. So you think he's a little paranoid? I mean, probably, but. I mean, but also cops are following you. He was trying to get away from the police. The entire time, he's trying to get away from the police. Right. He was not running fast. He was jogging. Oh, so he was just kind of like. Look, man, I just want to go back home. Look, man, yeah, I just, he, just let me get to my house. I, I don't yes. want to fucking deal with any of this. Okay. Yes. Got so, it. I mean, like I said, I watched the dash cam footage. This was not, he was not like track star running. He mm-hmm. was jogging away. He took a step away. He, The police officer got out of a car with a gun. He took a step back. Like this, he did not come towards the officers. Right. Like, all the stories I've heard about people on PCP, they would have attacked the officer. That's you know what true. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you're right. I forget PCP is, like, a really aggressive. So, it makes you feel like you're, like, superhuman or something. Yes. Okay. So okay. it was, like, what I read in my research. It was a low dose. And the video footage I watched, it was, he did not seem to be on drugs. Okay. Like. Gotcha. This is not, this person looks like they're on drugs i fear for my life well and even if you did shooting them and also killing them are never the answer so let me tell ever to shoot someone that many times as a policeman no no you also would have had to reload Uh, oh for that kind of gun i don't know what kind of gun they had but the the gun i own does not hold that many bullets oh and he shot 16 Mm -hmm. oh shit that's, so, that's cold, man. There were 26 entry and exit wound, gunshot wounds. Four in the chest, six in the arm, six in the right arm, five in the left arm, one in the right side torso, two in the back, one in the right hip, four in the left leg, three in the right thigh. Jeez. So the initial reports state that Laquan refused officers' orders to drop the knife and walked away from them, and the police union also say that Laquan lunged at the officers with the knife, but the dash cam footage clearly shows the opposite to be true. That Laquan, while he may not have dropped the knife, he was in fact walking away from them. Right. Not only that, but after he was on the ground, not moving, Jason Van Dyke continued shooting. That's, that's murder. That is an execution. So... Let me tell you some more. <laughs> Something else suspect about this whole thing. The Burger King near where the murder occurred had a security camera, but the footage from the night Laquan was murdered was deleted. Hmm. Who deleted the footage? Well, according to the district manager of Burger King, it was police officers who deleted the footage. There were 86 minutes of footage missing that covers the time Laquan was murdered. This was not just one camera. It was seven files showing seven different angles of the scene that were deleted. There was surveillance running while the officer was deleting the files, so there's video of the officer doing this. Are you fucking kidding me? So, because I report all the information I find, I'm going to tell you that the Cook County State Attorney, Anita Alvarez, said that forensic testing was done and the surveillance footage said there was no evidence no evidence of tampering was revealed. So you have to determine what you believe. This bitch. I have seen a photo of a police officer sitting at a computer 
inside of the Burger King. So you've got to pick a side. Also, yeah, why the fuck would a police officer be sitting at a computer inside a Burger King? What, is he applying for a job? No, dude. Like, there's no reason for him to be there if that was not happening. And then shock among shocks, all of a sudden, oh my God, 86 minutes are gone? What happened? Just so happened to be the same night that this poor innocent boy was fucking murdered? Yeah. Great. Weird. I told you she was going to get worked up. Yeah, because it's... And mm. and also, I blame my husband because we were talking about this topic before <laughs> we, we came up here to record. And I was looking at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You <laughs> know what I'm about to go tell her. Don't worry. I got plenty of, like, And he anger. looks at me like, what? What am I doing? What's the problem? Why are you looking at me like that? It's, it's a deep, deep well of anger against the systemic racism in this country. So you can't ever, like... Don't get me wrong. I was really upset while doing this report... But um, I just didn't want him to get her all worked, like pre-game, pre-work her up. Oh, it's like oh, pre-gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the wrong kind of pre-gaming. <laughs> the opposite kind I'm like, oh, God. Okay, so before I go into a timeline of what happened after the murder and the trial, I'm going to give you a little fun fact about Jason Van Dyke. And by the way, I'm giving, I'm going to call him Jason Van Dyke, his full name the entire time, because I don't want you to fucking forget it. You're going to tell me, but I'm assuming he's still... Okay, yeah, just go. I know, I'm skipping ahead, I'm telling. in his 17 years on the police force, he had 20 documented citizen complaints against him, most for use of excessive force. The Citizens Police Data Project estimates that this is more complaints than 94% of other officers. Oh, and none resulted in discipline or any meaningful consequences for Jason Van Dyke. Of course not. Nope. Okay. So, I'm going to timeline this for you. Because I don't know any other way... To make it make sense? Please. To do this. So, this is after the murder? Yes. Okay. And this is like... Shit show heads rolled in Chicago eventually. Um, Good. Good. So, April 13th, 2015. Federal and county prosecutors confirmed they were investigating Laquan's murder. April. We're in 2015. Now I'm not going to say the year. Just assume. Got it. 2015. I will switch the year when we move on. April 15th, Chicago City Council approves a $5 million settlement with Laquan's family. The settlement included an agreement that the dash cam video would not be released. Yeah. <laughs> that right there. Red flag number one. We did yeah. something wrong. Yeah, we done fucked up. So here, take this money so we can just forget this. all of this ever happened. November 18th, freelance journalist Brandon Smith, you're my hero, bro, filed a lawsuit to have the dash cam video released. Yep. Yay, Brandon. November 19th, Cook County judge ruled that the Chicago PD must release the dash cam video, and critics began questioning the handling of the police shooting. Yeah, you think? Yay. Judge, don't have your name. (laughs) (laughs) November 20th, Anita Alvarez, the Cook County State's attorney announced she won't block the release of the video okay so now she's like oh um yeah so i guess i can let that happen i'm assuming she's probably up for re-election you know that's right 
November 21st, community leaders began calling for calm ahead of the video release. So people know shit's about to hit the fan. So they're like, please, 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 let's not like... How about this? How about you let them express the anger that has been there for four motherfucking hundred years? How about you just let that happen? Because this keeps happening. So, so yeah, they're pissed. Y'all. How could you not be pissed? I didn't say I wasn't mad. You? Oh, I'm not talking about you. I'm saying like, they're like, yeah, everyone just needs to stay calm. What happens if someone tells you that when you're mad? I mean, you know what? You just go to a 15 at that point. You just go like, fuck you. You know what? I don't think like they want them to stay calm. I think they just don't want like violence. No, and I I get that. We always want a peaceful protest. But also, I can understand if people are fucking pissed and want to get violent. Well, how could you not? If it's, I mean, if they're already pre-warning you that it's that. So November 23rd, Mayor... Rahm Emanuel mm-hmm. met with the community leaders ahead of the release of the dash cam video. November 24th, the video is released and Jason Van Dyke is charged with first degree murder of Laquan McDonald. Yes. Good. November 25th, the protests continue the day after the video is released. Activist William Calloway and journalist Brandon Smith, who both led the effort to get the video release, speak out. November 26, protesters announced plans to shut down Michigan Avenue Shopping District on Black Friday. Oh, hell yes. I love that so much. November 27th through the 28th, they content, protesters continue to march on Michigan Avenue on Black Friday and throughout the weekend. Awesome. November 29th, the protest orga- organizers vowed to demonstrate for 16 days, which is the number of times Laquan was shot. Yep. November 20th, Jason Van Dyke bonded out of jail and Chicago politicians call for Anita Alvarez's resignation. Good. Absolutely. December 1st, photos show police at the Burger King after Laquan was shot. Mm-hmm. Gary McCarthy resigns as Chicago Police Superintendent. Mayor Emanuel creates the Police Accountability Task Force. Um... I don't know what that word is. It's a typo and I can't figure it out. <laughs> but somebody calls for the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate the Chicago Police Department. Oh, man. Oh, man. They're, they done fucked up. I mean, like, it's going all the way up. All the way to it. the top. I love it. <laughs> December 2nd, for, former Chicago cops calls join call joins the call for investigation into the police department really former chicago police officers are saying yes you need to investigate this police department that's pretty bad if if cops themselves because normally they circle the wagons and they don't but these are former chicago police officers even still a lot of them go to their grave essentially kind of like toe in the line so yes because (laughs) you watch your own exactly december 4th New video of Laquan's murder is released while protesters are circling the city hall 16 times and police reports um, appear to contradict the dash cam video. So I'm assuming that the first video they released was kind of like a watered down version and now they're seeing the whole thing and seeing that the police reports that were filed 
contradict what the dash cam video actually is. Yeah, of course they did because they wanted the narrative to be their narrative and not the reality of the situation. So um, December 8th, the IPRA asked the IG to investigate other officers. So now other officers involved are being investigated, not just Jason Van Dyke. Oh, man. December 9th, the mayor apologizes for the murder. I'm sorry, Mayor Emanuel. You should have done that six months ago. Now you're apologizing? Six months ago, you should have done that. Mm -hmm. December 11th, the McDonald family calls for Anita Alvarez to resign. You have politicians. You have the family. Anita, time to go. Yep. December 16th, Jason Van Dyke is indicted on six murder counts for Laquan McDonald. And the Department of Justice begins civil rights probe into the Chicago Police Department. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, Are you sure this isn't a trophy dad situation? Because I'm getting good vibes from this one. Oh, not, not Dyke. I'm talking about every other dad and man who was, like, making these changes happen. Woo! Oh, I'm positive. <sighs> December 17th, the mayor meets with the Department of Justice and retired cops want input into the Chicago PD's reform. Yes. I love it. I love it. December 24th. The police radio calls were released and radio conversations reveal fewer than five minutes would pass between the call for officers asking for a taser and officer Jason Van Dyke opening fire. (laughs) Let me tell you. Let me read this to you. Officer, this guy's a kind of walking unintelligent. You can't read it, but he's got a knife in his hand. Dispatch. All right, anybody have a taser? A squad responds, but dispatch makes another request. Dispatch. Anyone close? Anyone closer? 401 Keeler with a taser? Recorded on dash cam videos obtained by Eyewitness News, several police cars are seen heading to the scene. Dispatch. Eastbound on 40th Street, man armed with a knife. Laquan McDonald is also seen on the video jogging away from the cops through a burning parking lot moments before he is murdered. Dispatch. Let me know when he's in custody, guys. But seconds later. Officer. Shots fired by police. Shots fired by police. Dispatch. Are you guys okay? Officer. 410. Everything's fine. Roll an ambulance over here. Dashcam video shows Officer Jason Van Dyke and his partner exit their SUV with both guns drawn. December 29th, Jason Van Dyke pleads not guilty. Are you, bro, are you fucking kidding me? You need to take a plea, sir. Sir. December 31st, emails released by the city show efforts to soften the reaction of the video. The emails show that the IPRA was not an independent organization and the mayor's office drafted the press release statements for the IPRA. That was the Independent Police Review Association. Oh, of course. It's always corrupt. You know how long Chicago has been corrupt, my friend? Since the beginning of Chicago? Oh, for sure. Where do you think Capone was? I mean, come on. Yeah. So now we're in 2016. Because this is going on forever. January 5th, 2016. We now have new dash cam video. Because, of course, it's going to take us eight tries to show everyone everything. 
Seriously, just drop it all, you dumbs. Like, what the fuck? January 6th. Officers are disciplined over missing audio on dash cam videos. A total of 22 officers for internal misuse of wireless microphones that were supposed to be turned on as soon as an officer exits their vehicle. Disciplines range from formal reprimand to to three-day suspensions with pay. So this is over the whole department. This is everybody. This is everybody for misuse of their microphones with their dash cams. Good. We're like... Fuck them. Now they're just going through everybody. Yes. January the 11th. The NAACP criticizes practice of destroying misconduct reports. Yeah. Wait, what? That's a thing? Oh, let me tell you. you, Girl, hold on. Okay, I'm going to lean away. Hold on. What is this practice, you ask? Well, the Fraternal Order of Police contract, section 8.4, states that all misconduct files be destroyed after five years of the date of the incident. So if the city of Chicago enforces this, all the records of all the officers involved in the Quan's murder will have their records destroyed in 2019. Are you fucking kidding me? Is that like a law for the U.S.? No. That's just for this specific Cook County? Yes. That's the fucking stupidest thing I have ever heard in my life. Hey, you remember all that evidence for the murders that Ted Bundy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to, like, you know, do a thing where we just destroy it all after five years? No, this is just... This is just the misconduct reports of police officers. I know, but I'm making, like, a correlation saying, like, it's the same idea. Why would you get rid of evidence of people who are committing crimes after five years, no matter if they're a police officer or not? That makes no sense. You keep records on, on... Normal citizens for our entire life, whether it's a speeding ticket or a parking ticket, like normal, normal stuff, let alone a misconduct by a a police officer. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I I knew this was going to get you so worked up. Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. So January 15th, nearly two dozen officers were called to testify about Laquan's murder. January 22nd, officers who witnessed Laquan's murder were put on desk duty. March 23rd, lawyers asked Jason Van Dyke to be excused from hearings because Jason Van Dyke wants to avoid the threats and abuse he faces every time he attends court. Go fuck yourself. Yep. Go fuck yourself. You calm down now, girl. (laughs) This one had you riled up as well. I could see it. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to... March 30th. Jason Van Dyke hired... This. This. This right here. He's hired by the police union as a janitor. And it pisses a lot of people off. Especially me. Because he was suspended by the police department. And the Fraternal Order of Police said it had hired other officers in the past who were unable to find work because of events which they were involved. What the fuck? I'm done. <laughs> they gave him a job. I so don't fucking care if he's a janitor or... paying him. Oh, my <sighs> God. <sighs> and who the shit cares if they aren't able to make ends meet? I hope that. he can't make ends meet. I hope he loses his house. I hope he goes on for a closer. I hope he can't buy fucking food and go to H-E-B. Yeah. No... <laughs> Breathe. I can't. 
It, I can't. No, for sure. Can Who you add shit? some champs to my I will. Dutch Brothers? I will, absolutely. By the way, we're drinking Dutch Brothers, like the huge. Let them know to sponsor us. Yeah, premium cold brew, my friend. No, no nada. I just like it straight up. So I, good. I like their Rebel drinks. Mm-hmm. March 12th. The task force urges the Chicago... Chicago. <laughs> I'm so worked up I can't say Chicago. <laughs> PD to acknowledge racism in scathing reports and that they're plagued by racism, lack of account, and lack of accountability. You think? March, not March. We're on to May. May 5th, Anita asks for a special prosecutor in Laquan's murder case. May 13th, the mayor reveals a plan to replace the IPRA with a civilian agency. Yes, my friend, you should do that because the other one is really corrupt and you're running it. June the 2nd, the judge decides to appoint a special prosecutor in Jason Van Dyke's trial. June 3rd, the IPRA releases videos of the Chicago PD-involved incidents. More than 300 video clips along with audio recordings and police reports from pending investigations of 101 police-involved incidents. Jeez. June 14th, emails show the FBI warned Chicago PD about threats to officers after the release of Laquan's murder video. Yeah, you think that a lot of people are, are gonna, like... Be a little upset? Yeah, I'm upset. And it's years later. Right. July 29th, a special prosecutor would investigate the Chicago PD officers whose accounts of Laquan's shooting differed from what was on the dash cam video. Yeah. August 4th, Joseph McCone was named the special prosecutor. August 18th, the Chicago PD superintendent seeks to fire seven officers in Laquan's murder. Great. August 30th, the police department moves to fire five officers, including Jason Van Dyke. Yeah, goodbye. It took them this long to fire him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Problem. Problem. That should have been an instant fire. I don't need any more caffeine. No, you don't. (laughs) You're set. I need some water. (laughs) September 29th, there's a lawsuit. The police pressured Laquan's shooting um, eyewitness, um, an eyewitness to the murder of Laquan claims that the Chicago Police Department pressured her, worked her over in the police station, and told her and other witnesses to change the story of what they saw according to a federal lawsuit. The lawsuit also alleges that after the police saw her record the shooting on her cell phone, they tried to view, extract, and or remove the recording from her phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shocking. Yep. Wish I mean I wish it were. No. No. It's not. No. It's all of this seems like yeah that seems right. It's just like, so and, and and shitty. October fifth, the city council passes a new police accountability board order ordinance thirty eight to nine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those nine city council members need to be replaced. Exactly. <laughs> Call Bye-bye. for that resignation. Bye, Felicia. Jeez. November 2nd, the judge denies the request for Laquan's juvenile records. First of all, why do you need his juvenile records? Why? You don't. You don't. You don't need them. 
You don't need to put him on trial. No. Move the fuck on. He's not on trial. He, that's what's so upsetting. Is like he was the victim here. Why did? Why does it matter if he? What does it matter? Okay. That the point is he got murdered. What the fuck? November eighth, Kim Fox wins the Cook County State Attorney's race. Bye, Anita. Nothing. Bye, God. girl. Bye. But is is Kim better? I don't know. I hope so. That's the last we hear. <laughs> okay. December twenty eighth, the city announces that all Chicago police officers will wear body cams by the end of 2017. Correct. Great. Somebody in Chicago update us on that situation. Please do. We've moved on to 2017, January 10th. I'm going to lose my shit now. (laughs) Ready? Fuck you, Cook County judge. I don't know your name because he said he will turn over to the lawyers Laquan's juvenile records except those pertaining to his mother and sister. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Again, what do you, this is the problem. When Who are you building the case against right now? Who is it against? Because the sure shit better not be the victim of this crime. That makes no <sighs> sense. That makes no sense. <gasps> January 13th, the Department of Justice says Chicago PD engages in a pattern of using excessive force. Clearly. Yes. January 19th, four officers who were at the scene of the murder of Laquan's murder. I typed it weird. I said murder of Laquan. Why? Because you're an English major. (laughs) I was also drinking heavily. I think there was tequila involved in this. At this point, I'm sure there was. Laquan's murder are suspended for failing to ensure the dash cams were operating properly. March 8th, journalists sue the city of Chicago to make Laquan's report public. Great. I love journalists. You want to know why I love journalists? Because they're like, yep, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm, you're not hiding shit, mm-mm. Not only are you not hiding it, we're putting it on the freaking front page. I feel like sometimes they make more happen than, like, attorneys. They do. That's why sometimes attorneys, like, leak information to them because the attorney can't say it. Yes, March 23rd, Jason Van Dyke faces 16 additional counts of aggravated battery with a firearm. One count for each shot fired at Laquan. Aggravated battery with a firearm? I've never... That's... What? Isn't that just called, like, murder? Well, he was dead after the first shot. So... Oh, okay. So then after the fact, that's... So he's charged with murder, first degree, and the aggravated battery. Yeah, so they're just trying to add on charges. They're just like, something's got to stick here. They just want him in jail. They're like... It's like throwing noodles at a wall. Right. (laughs) If they don't get him on the first degree, they'll get him on the aggravated battery. They're like, this motherfucker's going to jail. Oh, jeez. Kim Fox don't play. Apparently not. Anita. Which is great. Blech, Anita. Yeah, Kim bye. Fox is like, you know what? We just going to add shit on. This motherfucker going to jail. May 17th. Chicago PD unveils new use of force policy. That's great, but I want to know, did you ever, like, enforce these policies? Exactly. Chicagoans. Please let, let us, us know. know. June 12th. Um, the PD board rules officers involved in Laquan's murder can go back to work. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chill. That's awesome. Yeah. So they're totally rehabbed and they'll never do it again. Yeah, as long as they follow those new policies. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, cool. Thumbs up. <sighs> My head is like 
Are you hot? You look warm. You know how, like, when your hand falls asleep, that's what I feel in my head right now. Oh, it's, like, buzzing. Oh, it's, no. like, um, tingling. <laughs> yeah. June 27th, three current or ex-officers um, are indicted in relation to Laquan's murder. State felony charges they... For... In relation to, to Laquan's murder, they face state felony charges for allegedly engaging in conspiracy to attempt to prevent or shape an independent criminal investigation of the police shooting. Mm-hmm. These charges were against David March, Joseph Walsh, and Thomas Gaffney. Mm-hmm. June 28th, the judge rules Jason Van Dyke's statements are admissible in trial and grants immunity to two of the officers. So basically, if they testify in Jason's trial, whatever they say won't affect their own trials. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, okay, I'm just going to say this. I think it's a very useful tool, but I think their exemption should be with state employees like this, police officers. You should not be allowed to have qualified immunity for your testimony against because it's obviously if you're there as a policeman you're not doing something right well so then why should you get off and then you just do little van dyke crimes your damn self well here's what we're gonna find out is it's not like they told the truth anyways fucking oh my god so july 10th the three officers pled not guilty um walsh mark and march and gaffney they all pled not guilty so, what did they do exactly? Um, they went above and beyond the code of silence. They flat out lied about what happened. These three pieces of shit said Laquan aggressively swung a knife and tried to get up while still armed after he was shot. But the dash cam video clearly states that Laquan was walking away from all the officers with a pocket knife at his side. Well, Jason Van Dyke shot him, and he did not get up after he was shot the first time. Right. If I were the defense attorney, I would just be like, cool, cool, cool. Can we just have the lights? Can I just show this video real quick? Awesome. So, could you show me in this video where that happened? Can you point to that? Can you just... Yeah. Uh, Wait, wait. Was this the part where he was aggressive when he was backing away? See, if I was the prosecution, I would be like, you know what my case would be? I would just play the video. Yeah. And go... Goodbye. I'm done. Yeah. So July 18th, the judge replaced, um, the judge was replaced in the Loquan cover-up case. Judge Mary Broshan, for unknown reasons, recused herself from the case, sending it to Diane Cannon. Hmm. So the judge for the three non-nuts recused herself and sent it to another judge. I, I couldn't find out why. That's probably a good thing, though, my guess. I mean, I feel like there has to be a really good reason for a judge to recuse herself. Right. Um, August the 11th, the judge rules conversations between Jason Van Dyke and the Fraternal Order of Police reps are admissible in trial. Awesome. Yay! Taste it? Do you taste it? Mmm, it's sweet. So September 15th, the new um, Police Department Accountability accountability agency the copa launches i don't really feel like they probably do much but anywho Mm. december 13th journalists um are not 
is determined that the journalists are not required to reveal their sources in the Laquan's case, the judge says. That's great. Yeah, it's called, um, I don't know what it's called, but they don't have to in any other situation, so why would they have to here? Right, no. Journalists don't reveal their sources. Yeah. Like, why the hell? Yeah, go fuck yourself, Jason Van Dyke attorneys. Pretty much. Ugh, March 8th. Oh, we're in 2018 now. We're in 2018. We're still going on. Good Lord. March 8th, 2018. Attorneys for Jason Van Dyke asked the court for a change of venue as protesters demand a trial date. Yeah, because it's been three fucking years. April 12th, um, a Chicago police officer and two former officers choose a bench trial over pleading after pleading not guilty to conspiracy to cover up what happened the night Jason Van Dyke murdered Laquan. That is very smart to do bench because uh, you're not going to find a jury. <laughs> you know. So, um, April 26th, 28th, and May 10th, the judge orders the release of sealed documents. May 23rd, the Illinois Supreme Court ordered the documents in the Jason Van Dyke case to be made public. That's right, bitches. We all gonna know what you did. Yeah. Fuck you. (sighs) July 31st, the judge denied requests for a new judge in the murder trial. I don't know why he wanted a new judge. Sometimes I just got really upset and I just forgot to go back and look stuff up. (laughs) Oh, so August 16th, Laquan's mom was ordered to comply with a subpoena or skip the trial. And then August, also on August 16th, um, Laquan's mom talked to the judge behind closed doors. I'm assuming she, that's what she was told behind the closed doors was either you're going to comply to the subpoena or you can't be here. Right, right. So, um... And that has to be hard because, you know. Yes. Yeah. August 29th, Jason Van Dyke gave an interview to the Chicago Tribune. Oh, God. Ready? Superstar got to say. Ready for this? I'm quoting I might be looking at the possibility of spending the rest of my life in prison for, you know, doing my job as I was trained as a Chicago police officer. Van Dyke called the shooting the darkest day of his life, stating, Nobody wants to shoot their gun. He recalled being overwhelmed with emotion after firing his weapon. I remember coming home and just sitting down in the shower until the water went cold. And I even then, and even then I couldn't get out. Van Dyke said in the interview, I never would have fired my gun if I didn't think my life was in jeopardy or another citizen's life was. It's, you know, something you have to live with forever. And the Oscar goes to... Jason Van Dyke. Oh, my God. August... Dude, it's like he, he like watched a cop movie and just wrote down the script. He should have watched Die Hard, not whatever bullshit that was. Seriously. August 30th, prosecutors file a motion to revoke Jason Van Dyke's bail. Bye. September 1st, the judge delays two motions before the trial. Criminal content... Come t- say that word. Contempt? Yes. For granting interviews and violating the court's gag order. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And it will be delayed till after trial. And the second was whether his bail will be revoked or raised 
The decision will be later. September 4th, the McDonald family calls for peace. So they're like, the protest, everything, the McDonald family is like, okay, we... We love it. We love it, but... but just, we don't want anyone to get hurt. Again, peaceful protest, 100%. Again, but I, we also completely understand the anger. It's clear, can you hear us? We're angry. We don't even live in Chicago. That's not my son, you know, so yeah. yeah. So, and September 5th, the jury selection begins. September 6th, the judge finds Jason Van Dyke violated his bail increases and increases it by $2,000 because that motherfucker violated the gag order by giving a fucking interview. <sighs> Good dumbass. I got a migraine. I need a pill. <laughs> September 13th, 12 jurors have been selected. September 17th, the change of venue motion is denied, and the attorneys make opening statements. Mm-hmm. Here we go, bitch. September 18th, Jason Van Dyke's partner on the night of the murder takes the stand. Officer Walsh was granted immunity for his testimony because he's facing his own conspiracy charges. On the stand, Walsh says... Jason Van Dyke was firing his weapon while Laquan was on the ground and that he had the and he had the audacity to say that he believed that Laquan was a danger on the ground after being shot with a pocket knife without anyone from the public around in danger. He believed his partner was in danger but did not fire his own weapon. I mean, I, I, I feel like if my partner was in danger, I would probably do something to help him. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. Two other officers testified as well. So the prosecution asked, did you see him? See him raise his arm as if he was attempting to stab anyone? Officer Dora Fontaine. No. Prosecution. Do you see him attack anyone? Officer Fontaine. No. Another officer who took the stand said that he and his partner felt protected for the most part inside their patrol car and that they were just waiting for someone with a taser to arrive. A civilian witness testified that it appeared that Laquan was trying to get away from the officers. So everyone but... Douchebag McStupid Face. His partner uh-huh. was like, no, no, no. Yeah, and also, why don't y'all have... So y'all have guns on you, but not tasers all the time? You always got that thing on you, but you ain't got a taser. Like, that makes no sense to me. Of course you're going to grab... The training for cops in our country is all wrong. Let's start a non... All wrong. Let's start a non-profit. Okay. Tasers for cops. Seriously! What the fuck? I'll trade. Here's a gun for a taser. It's like one of those programs like the cops have that you can turn in a gun. And get, this is what it is. Care cop, give me your gun. I'll give you a taser. I mean, you know what? I, Jesus. I'll let them keep their guns because, you know, they need them. Yeah, but here's the other thing, right? It takes longer to become a massage therapist and an esthetician, someone who pops pimples in our country, than it does to become a cop and have to disarm situations like this. I'm going to say this. That's not enough time. 
by any means. I mean, the I, rest of the developed world is one to two years. I'm gonna okay of training. I'm gonna tell this story, and this is like all I'm gonna say. I don't know if I should tell this. I know somebody who is a cop who actually worked their way up to be like a detective and was in like the family family violence side or whatever. Okay, yeah. Or who did like family type situations. And um, before he became a cop, he used to tell his wife he was going out for a pack of cigarettes and she would find him passed out in his truck the next morning. Oh, jeez. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're a piece of shit and you're supposed to be investigating these other pieces of shit. So really, are you identifying them and being like, bro, it's cool. You can go on. Right. Like how it's it's fucked, man. Like and I know it's fucked. And I'm not saying this as like a second or third hand situation. Like I really know them. Right. You know them very well. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's all you yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's oh my god. Just keep going. Keep going. I can't Okay, I don't even know. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. So that was his testimony. Uh huh. It, it directly can... contradicted everybody else's testimony. In the video. In okay. the video. So, September 19th, testimony focuses on the autopsy. The medical examiner testified that Laquan was alive for all 16 shots fired and they caused blood loss, broken bones, and brain trauma. Oh the cause God. of death was multiple gunshot wounds and homicide. And as I said before, there was a low dose of PCP in Laquan's system at the time of the shooting. Again, has no bearing on what the fuck happened. No, I don't. Based on what I physically saw with my own eyes. Right. I don't believe so. And I have a link to the full dash cam video with the dispatcher. um, Oh, the talk back? Asking for a taser. Okay. So you'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. It's on our website in the blog section, so you guys can take a look for yourself. Yeah, if you want to. If you feel like you want to. Yeah. Um, So September 24th, the defense begins, and you guessed it. We are going to put that victim on trial, and I fucking hate you. And that just shows you how weak the defense's arguments really were or their case because they have to go after... Poor Laquan, because, who is dead. Because they don't have a case. Because they t- know it's fucking murder. They exactly. don't, like... <sighs> really, they shouldn't even be there. It should be one of these situations where you know it's like, bro, You're take You're a the scumbag. You, defense attorney, you're a scumbag. Yeah. You're a scumbag for even taking this case. Fuck you. Hold on tight, y'all. Hold on. Grab something. Grab... Do you Are we almost done do you with, mean? like, the shittiness of this, oh my god. No, it's gonna get, anymore. it's, no, it's just continuing to get worse. Okay. Do you need a whoopee? Do you need to pause and do I need to get you, like, um, a stuffed animal? Here's, um. Here, one I two-eyed willy. I mean, he, okay, I'm gonna hold oh, him. y'all, update on two-eyed willy. He's a little busted. Um, my <laughs> dog got two-eyed willy and he's missing an arm and leg. Well, a lower arm and a lower leg, so he's still... Opposite arm and yeah, leg. Yeah, it's like, it's funny how it's the opposite. My dog's an asshole. Well, I just think he has more character now. You know, he's kind of like, kind of. Did awesome he on. have a lower jaw before? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so no jaw. 
alert to Gwen oh. and Millie. Come here, bud. You're, you're going to ride this last part out. Okay. Let's okay. Let's see what this shit bird has to say. September 25th, Laquan's juvenile probation officer testified. And she said that... Um, about the time, August 2014, right before his murder, he was combative in court. So, yes, yeah, so he should definitely have been fucking murdered by the police. Oh, yeah. While walking away because he was combative in court. That makes sense. Yep, totally. I, I totally get it. Yes, you fucking bitch. That makes sense. Oh, my God. I lost my place because I'm so upset. Um... September 26th, the truck driver who called 911 the first time testified. He testified in Spanish with a translator. And he testified that he called the police after he saw Laquan breaking into trucks in the parking area and assumed he was trying to steal radios. And he confronted Laquan and said Laquan lunged at him with a knife. The truck driver threw his cell phone and gravel at him and Laquan ran off. Okay. So who the fuck does this? It sounds like an SNL scene. So ridiculous. I see someone. If I see someone and it looks like they're breaking into cars, I'm not going to go over there and like confront them and then throw my cell phone and dirt in their face (laughs) when they lunge at me. Like. This is fucking asinine ridiculous. This is just... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, who does that? I don't know. That's so weird. I don't know. Guess what? This whole thing is weird, to be honest. October 2nd. Jason Van Dyke testified. In this his is, own? This is what we've all been waking, waiting for, y'all. So the defense really didn't want him to win. And they just were like, yeah, yeah, going up... You absolutely should testify in your own murder trial. I absolutely should do that. Oh, my God. So. Maybe the defense attorney wasn't that dumb after all. Maybe he actually was on the <laughs> prosecution side. So this is a quote. His face had no expression. His eyes were just busting out of his head. He had. Oh, OK. Jason Van Dyke said, and I'm quoting, his face had no expression. His eyes were Busting out of his head, he had these huge white eyes staring right through me. Oh my God, racist much? As he was walking away from you? As he was backing away because he was scared because you had a gun pointing at him? Guess what, motherfucker? My face would look the fucking same. Yeah, and also, if he's behind, how can you see his face? You're going to see the back of his head. No, he was, like, backing away. Oh, oh okay, so it was, like, facing the cop, but yes, backing yes, away. Yes, 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 But still. that That's going to be the same fucking look on my face. I'm going to look that same fucking way if I have a gun pointed at me. Yeah. <sighs> Jason, and, okay, so Jason Van Dyke appears to get emotional. <laughs> As he told the court that Laquan turned his ter- torso towards him and waved the knife toward him. He testified that he continued to shoot because he saw Laquan's shoulder raise and that he still had the knife in his right hand. I just kept looking at the knife and I shot at it. I just wanted him to get rid of the knife. Y'all, it was a pocket knife. You could have kicked it out of his hand when he was on the ground. So the prosecution had a field day with this and used a video and animation from the defense. Which said she did not show Laquan wave the knife and start to get up from the ground. So Jason Van Dyke seemed to contradict his own accounts at that point. Yeah, of course he is, because he's an idiot. So October 3rd, the defense rested. They were like, "Mm, we done. 
October 4th, closing arguments, jury deliberation. October 5th, the jury defines Jason Van Dyke guilty of second-degree murder and 15 counts of aggravated battery. Thank God. Thank God. October 30th, three of the Chicago police officers accused in the cover-up um, go to court for their pre-trial hearing. November 27th, the trial begins for the officers in the cover-up. November 28th, um, Chicago police officer Dora Fontaine testified against those cops in the cover-up. Remember, she also testified mm-hmm. for Jason Van Dyke, too. Yeah. December 6th, closing arguments in the cover-up trial continued. Um, let me tell you about Dora, because I'm going to tell you now, because I don't remember if I say it later. Because she testified against Chicago police officers, she then, when she worked, she could get no backup. Nobody would help her. Yeah. Nothing. Surprise, surprise. January 14th, 2019. We're all the way to 2019. Jason Van Dyke's attorneys asked for probation ahead of the sentencing. Oh, my God. If he gets probation. Okay. Keep going. January 18th. Jason Van Dyke is sentenced to... Six years and nine months for Laquan McDonald's murder. Are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? Six years? Are you kidding? You're about to get real mad. It's going to get worse. Oh my God. My story is not over yet. My story is not over yet. So before I get to the worst part, I, so we haven't heard That's a lot. That's not the worst part? No. No. So do you remember he's married to Tiffany? Yeah, the the fitness instructor, whatever. So some of the best quotes in this whole situation have come from Tiffany. And here's what she's had to say. Oh, I can't wait. Here we go. So after he, Jason Van Dyke was transferred to a federal prison in Connecticut, he was assaulted. And she said, I don't need people to go to into his cell and attack him. The next time this could happen, it could kill him. I cannot bury my husband. Oh, you mean like Laquan McDonald's family buried their fucking 17-year-old son? Okay, cool. You fucking cunt. Right. Yeah. <sighs> oh, you can't? What's that? Oh. oh, okay, okay, okay. Really? So the Federal Bureau of Prisons said, and I'm quoting, an assault resulting in minor injuries occurred. Uh, honestly, it's not enough. I say just leave him in Gen Pop, but that's me. <sighs> yeah, me too. So his appellate attorney, Jennifer Blagg, said Jonathan Van Dyke was not severely injured and was just placed and then placed in segregated unit away from the inmates. Fuck that. What the fuck? Put him back in Gen Pop. Put him there. He needs to learn. So Like, this is, you can't be a fucking shithead and so get away with it. Then Tiffany says... My husband's life, my family's life is national news. At the basic minimum, they were supposed to keep him safe. Oh, his life was supposed... He he was supposed to protect and serve. Got it. Got it. But he didn't protect and serve. He murdered. And, oh, his life was supposed to be safe? Yeah, so is a 17-year-old boy's life supposed to be Uh safe. uh uh When uh he's walking uh around, mm -hmm. doing things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Weird. Okay, Tiffany. So here's my favorite Tiffany quote. Because all those, those were just, those were like, okay. 
You know when you were getting married and they gave you like tastes of the cake, yeah, yeah. different flavors, and then you get excited for the big cake on your wedding day, for yeah. the big wedding cake? This is the big wedding this cake. This is the day. This isn't the tasters. This is the big cake. All right. This is my favorite. This is a giant... <laughs> This is a gigantic race issue. They put my husband in a setting to be harmed because of the fact that he was a white man who harmed a black gentleman in the line of duty. Well, Tiffy with an eye, why didn't your white hus why did your white husband murder a black teenager? He isn't he she goes on to say he is not a racist. He is not trigger happy. He loved his job and he was a great officer that treated people as he wanted his family to be treated. Oh, Okay, cool. Oh, it gets better. They are missing the fact that he is a human being. He's just a man. He did his job. He did what he was trained to do by the city of Chicago. And that's the problem. You... That's the problem. You learn not to ask as a police officer's wife. You do. You learn not to ask questions. What question, Tiffy, with an I? You learn not to ask if he murdered someone that day? Seriously. Hold on. Hold on. He did not know what was going... He did not know going into that incident what race that young man was. He did not know he was coming up on an African-American male. He knew he was coming up on a male wielding a knife high on drugs. He was not out there to... He was out there to protect and serve. He had nothing... It had nothing to do with race. Um, Tiffy with an I, I hate to point out the obvious in none of the information I found did it say Laquan was on drugs until they did the autopsy and he had low levels of PCP in his system. And I have seen the dash cam footage. He did not look like someone was high. I have seen people high and it wasn't him. Crawl back under your fucking rock. You cunt. Yeah, that's. And also her statement there about how, you know, our husband, my husband just goes out there and treats everybody how he would want his family to be treated. Okay, cool. So you want your family to have um, uh, be shot uh, 17 times in, in the in the back? That's that's You're chill with that? You're cool with that? So you, you actually want your family to be treated how your husband treats other people. So if that were the case. Oh, and he sure as shit did know the color of his skin. I guarantee you he knew the color of his skin. Because yeah. what do they do when they pull you over? They go... White male, African American female. Uh, and white, I'm sorry, you're not. Right? He's not fucking blind. When you're pulling up on somebody, you can fucking see them. Exactly. So yes, race absolutely had a component. Okay. Here. Absolutely. But ready, ready. I thought this was gonna be the statement, but earlier, this is the wedding cake. This is the wedding cake. She can't believe her husband is accused of racism or being trigger happy. Her brother-in-law is African American. Her stepmother is Hispanic, and this. It was her husband's first time firing his job on the gun after 14 years on the force. He worked in some of Chicago's roughest neighborhoods over the years. Okay, let's let him go. He's innocent. It makes perfect sense now. Fuck me. So she, That's the equivalent of, oh, but my best friend's black. Yeah, she pulled the, oh, but I have black friend card. I have one black friend. You oh. counting them now? Oh, my brother-in-law is African-American. My stepmother is Hispanic. It doesn't, it doesn't mean he, it's not racist. It hurts. It physically hurts. I'm not racist because of Eloy. Oh, there we go. Okay, that works. I, I'm not racist. But. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's fucking, this is the problem. 
there's so many problems here. So many. This it's problematic. <laughs> oh my god. My head fucking exploded with all that. Did y'all hear my rage? Yes. I held it together till then. You did pretty good. That's pretty rough. It is there more th- of this shit show? Please yes. let me know. Okay. Yes, because here is where this is why I thought you would know this story. Okay. January 19th, 2022. Oh. How did you not know this? Okay. It was announced that Jason Van Dyke will be released from jail February 3rd, 2022, after serving 39 months, less than half his sentence. Oh, my God. So, essentially, this week. He's out. <clears throat> this motherfucker is out. So his uh, his attorney said this. He wants to have a quiet life. Well, I can't say that Jason doesn't want to be in the media. He doesn't want to have anybody covering him, I don't think. I can't speak for Jason, but I know what kind of person he is, and I think he just wants to live his life. Well, cunts, I'm making sure no one forgets who you are. Mm-hmm. Try to live a quiet life because Laquan McDonald doesn't get to live at all. That is why we are discussing this motherfucker. What's his name again? What was it? I'm sorry. I missed it. Jason Van Dyke. Jason J-A-S-O-N-V-A-N-D-Y-K-E. And how do you spell his wife's name? Is it Tiffany with an I? No, no. I just named her Tiffy. Okay. T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. Okay, B-A-N-D-Y-K-E. So if you know these people whenever they're out, you know, just make sure they're safe. Don't threaten them. Don't threaten them. But just, you know, keep an eye. Maybe just, you know, make sure that the those type of people don't move into your neighborhood, you know. You want to keep a really close eye on those type of people, if you get what I'm saying here. You know, or don't let them forget what they have done. Yeah, maybe when you run at, across them at the uh, the mailboxes, be like, hey, weren't you that guy who um, murdered, murdered that 17-year-old boy in cold blood? Yeah, aren't you the murderer huh. that um, cared that 17-year-old kid? Jason Van Dyke mm-hmm. was that? Are you Jason Van Dyke? Crazy. That's so you know, weird. Or, or how about this? You do something pettedly passive-aggressive because I love petty. This is true. I don't love passive-aggressive, but I love petty. You're a petty bitch. I am a petty fucking bitch. <laughs> you say, hmm, you know who you look like? You look like Jason Van Dyke. That's weird. Either that or I'm giving, it's giving me Josh Duggar vibes. Is it, are y'all, oh wait, that's not you? Oh, so you are the Van Dyke guy. Oh, so you're the murderer, not the pedophile. Oh, okay. My bad. I can't pick, I can't figure it out. Are you Josh Duggar or are you Jason Van Dyke? All you white guys look alike. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, tell the difference. You know? Are you, are you Tiffany? Jeez. Can I call you Tiffy with an eye, with a little heart above it? <laughs> now, uh, I did not release his children's names. No, we don't. Because they are truly no. innocent in this situation. Yeah, I feel bad that they have to be raised by these fuckers. So I really hope that they, like, I don't condone young teenage marriage, but I hope they get married real quick to change their last name. Or just get the fuck out of there. You know, and yes. hopefully don't grow up with the racist ideals placed in their head by their parents. Yes. So, I mean. When I read this, he wants to have a quiet life, I was like, fuck <sighs> you. I'm going to make sure you don't have a quiet life. And I'm going to say this about Chicagoans. 
Y'all did the work here. Let's be real, real honest. Yes, you None did. of this would have even come to light had y'all not protested, made everyone's lives a living fucking hell. Because oh, and Brandon Smith, that journalist? Yeah, yes, King. Yeah, yeah, keep doing doing what you're doing, sir. You doing the work. Oh, my God. That was intense. I really Are you thought- sweating? You look like you're sweating. <laughs> you look like you're my like- face feels warm. Oh my my face feels warm. I do I have a headache now. Are you ready to have something that's totally going to make you just like have a better day? Yes. Okay, Not hopefully not a migraine because I, I feel like I'm stealing this person from you, but I also, I'm glad I'm doing them now because I feel like this is who you need to talk about. I'm a little worked up. Greetings! I'm Richard Humer, and I'm here to ask you, are you musically challenged, theatrically illiterate? Are you uncultured swine? Well, I can transform you from uncultured swine to sophisticated porcine in just two easy steps. Step one, listen to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse, every Wednesday. Step two, repeat step one. With Tone Deaf in your podcast feed, you too can no longer be embarrassed at parties when you confuse Andrew Lloyd Webber with Stephen Sondheim. Tune in every Wednesday to Tone Deaf on all major podcatchers. Like, I know I teased you about being worked up. I know, I'm not And I got all the way through that, but then the end? Yeah, it, it took a lot out of you. Do you need to lay down? Hold on, let me, let me... She's, she's moving the recliner down, y'all. I'm moving the recliner back. <laughs> she's down. There we go. I'm all the way back. Fix me. Okay. <laughs> I'm broken. Today, our trophy dad is Tan France. Oh, tell me about Tan. Tanny. I love Tan. I have the Lego Tan downstairs. I Okay, so for those of you who are new to our podcast, I uh, gifted Amanda the Lego Queer Eye um, set, which if you have not seen it, you absolutely need to go and buy it. Oh, 100%. It's phenomenal. It has Kathy Dooley. Who Two were, Kathy Dooleys. Yes, so you can change her outfit. It has Jonathan and Tanny with his like little, you know, closet yes. with all the like clothes in there and everything. Y'all, you do not understand how amazing this Lego set is. It has wigs. It does have wigs. I forgot. Yes, and then it has a little closet you can... So you can put them in and you can spin the closet around and then you change the clothes and you can spin it back around and pull them out like it's a magic closet. I love it. I know. So let's just go to that place. Pretend we're right there right now. That's where we are. I'm Safe space. I'm there. So Tan France was born Tanvir, Tan in quotes, Wasim in South Yorkshire, England, to a Pakistani family on April 20th, 1983. Pisces, like you, silly Sally. Oh, I missed the date of his birth. I was in my happy place. I was envisioning it. April 20. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know he wasn't 40 already, and it's because his hair is like that salt pepper. Yeah, I when you said, I heard the year, and I went, I'm older than Tan. Right. I was like, holy shit, Tan and I are not that far off in age as well. I was like, wait, what? 86, so three years. I was like, I'm older than Tan. (laughs) But I will say, like, but he also has a very... I'm going to say mature face. That sounds like he's wrinkled. He's not. No. I just mean like he, he looks like in a fully grown man. But face. he's also he also acts very mature. He does that. He's one of the more mature ones. Mm-hmm. 
And even when you think Karamo's mature, he twerks. And then you're like, oh, girl, you all are awesome crazies, you know, which I love. Yeah. I love it. Um, so anyway, uh, he grew up in a strict Muslim home where homosexuality wasn't viewed very kindly. He said, quote, our home wasn't super religious, but we had a profound connection to our Muslim heritage, which, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I get that. This coupled with very few people at the time being LBGTQIA plus in the South Asian community and suffering physical and verbal abuse due to racism made it really hard for him as he grew up. I mean, you're a Pakistani, so you're an immigrant, you're Muslim, you're gay. I mean, like, you've yeah, got like, a lot. You have like a trifecta of, I don't want to say racism, but. Not racism, but... There was... Some, yeah, there is some racism there. Sure. Yeah, but for the overall, the trifecta of... Oppression. Yes. My, I'm going to say minorities. We all know that, you know, Muslim is actually one of the biggest religions in the world. But actually, I, I think it's also like, you're not what society deems as normal. Right. Not saying you're not. Actually, you and everybody else are normal. It's society that's fucked up and wrong. I but, don't really think that there's like a quote-unquote normal, normal. But. no i i don't disagree it just is you just are yeah so when he was seven he visited his grandfather at their denim factory and this was his first encounter with fashion it became the start of his love of it and by 13 he made his own denim jacket shut your face yeah that's... i want him to make me a denim jacket oh maybe he will because he is a designer no, I want, like... Oh, you want, like, the queer eye treatment? Like, come to the house and everything? I don't want to be on TV. Oh, okay. But I think, I mean, I think it's part of the deal, hon. I'm sorry. No, I, I just want him to make me my own See You Next Tuesday gentleman jacket. <laughs> they don't like the back or something. That'd be so cool. <gasps> Hold on. I'm getting merch ideas. Oh, my God. We could be, like, um, you know, like, in Greece, the pink ladies, like, those yes. type of jackets. But denim. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm with you. Tan studied fashion fashion at Doncaster College and moved to Manchester, then London, after college. He started working as a designer first at larger retailers like, you know, Zara, Selfridges, and Chanel, which, whoa, that's a hell of a thing to get. Because it's really hard to get into, like, the those guys, the Chanel's of the world. Zara... I could see, you know, kind of a starting point and then work your way up to, like, the high, high fashion yeah. designers. Um, he learned the whole south side of the fashion industry through those experiences. He worked later for other brands to learn the manufacturing side. So he's like, I love this so much. I want to do it, but I also want to understand the business of it. Which yes. Which I think is just incredible. Well, that, you know, anything you do, you need to know all of it. Yeah. Yeah. From top to bottom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then it, it also gives you a picture of your space where you land in that whole world and what you like. Because you may start off being a designer, but then in actuality, you're like, you know, actually, I really like this a lot better. Or you can also change as you grow. grow and Like, how can you make the clothes if you don't understand how to design the clothes? How can you design the clothes if you don't understand how you make the clothes? Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Um, he worked later for other brands like um oh sorry excuse me he learned men's and women's wear before eventually working in new york city in 2008 when he was 25 he became company director of shade clothing then opened up his own fashion company kingdom and state in 2011 oh i know you have to check them out 
This brand was uh, because he was living in Utah at the time, Kingdom and State. How did he end up in Utah? I know. And there's a large Mormon population there. So he made clothing for this company that would fit their strict clothing guidelines. That's also, my, my assumption is also that's where the, where the name is, you know, Kingdom, like God's Kingdom and State. Yeah. Um, but put a pin in the in the Utah thing, okay? Yeah. He kept designing for other brands, and some were picked up by, like, Mod Cloth and Forever 21. Oh, I love Mod Cloth. Yeah. So some of his designs were, um, like, some of the brands took his designs and then sold those, too. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I almost just want to know which ones are his. I you know? do, because I... <laughs> Y'all, if you've never shopped at Mogclaw, check it out. Yeah, it's great. They've got a lot of shit there. Uh, he became the co-founder, designer, and CEO of Rachel Parcell, a line for Nordstrom in 2016. So he's doing all of this before he turned like 30, 33. All of that. He built a company. I, I, um... When he was 33, he was able to sell his brands and retire. I popped out some crotch goblins. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. This, I mean, like, I was like, wait, so he was retired. Get this. He was retired when Queer Eye came knocking at his door. So he didn't need the money. Like, it wasn't like he was like, oh, great, this is my opportunity. No, no, no. My, my man Tan over here is, like, fully set up. He's fine. Well, now I just feel bad about myself. Thanks, Why? Jess. Oh, <laughs> make you feel bad as we're just saying it's so crazy to me because i'm like how can where do you find the time you know like how do you do all the things oh gosh um so he became an instant sensation which you have you've not watched the reboot of queer eye on netflix oh my god please do you want to know how old i am i watched the original me too it was great back then and it was great now I'm so old. You're not old. Get out of here. So going. <laughs> he was uh, obviously spot on with styling people, as he always is, but also for being one of the first South Asian LBGTQIA plus personalities on TV. So it was a huge thing for representation. He and the other eyes, I'm going to call them eyes because I think that's kind of fun. And I don't mean in like the handmade still kind of way. I mean, like in this kind of way, like the queer eyes, you know, because yeah. I feel like that's a good way to describe them. I mean, and it's like, if you call them the queers, that's kind of derogatory. And if you call them the guys, that's like assuming gender. So that's yes. why I was like, nah, I'm going to do the eyes. Okay. Yeah. So if you hear me saying that, that's what it means. Um, they were part of Taylor Swift's music video. You need to calm down. Do you remember that? No, because I don't like Taylor Swift. Me either, but I did watch the video because they were in it. Well. Sorry for T-Swifties. It's just a, okay. I'm an Adele fan. Okay, T-Swifts. Let me talk to you for a minute. I don't like her, but then I watched her, I don't like her music. Same. But then I watched her Netflix thing, mm -hmm. and I kind of like her as a person. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm just isn't against her. She's just not my vibe as far as music goes. That's all it is. I just prefer, like, if we're going to go for the same kind of pop star thing, I go for Adele over her. Yes, yeah. So music, you won't hear me listening to her music mm. but i watched her netflix documentary mm -hmm. and i was like okay i kind of dig her mm -hmm. you may continue mm -hmm. don't hate us t swifties please don't because we like her as a person or i do <laughs> yeah. 
So um, Tan also co-hosted the show Next in Fashion on Netflix with Alexa Chung. I've I never heard of that. Yeah, so it's Alexa Chung who's like, you know, uh, essentially a rich girl influencer who, you know, has like fashion, kind of like a one of the first people in like the 2011s to do like the twee fashion, whatever. Point is, when it aired on Netflix, I meant to watch it and I never have. Is so. it still on it? Because, you know, sometimes oh. they take things off. No, if it's their original, it's always there. Oh. Yeah, so I think you're fine. Um, in 29, since 2019, he has been a GQ Middle East columnist and an Express Clothing monthly stylist. I did see that on the app. I was like, oh, Tan is doing monthly stylings on Express? Absolutely. I'm going to take a look at this. Um, so I could go on Express and buy an outfit that he's put together? Mm-hmm. I know. I would look, people be like, look at that old lady trying to be hip. Why do you keep saying you're old? Because I'm old. No, you're not. Old is like, I'm going to sound so lame when I say this. The the frame of mind thing, it really is. Girl, you're young. You can wear, and you can pull off anything you want to pull off. I really just like my leggings. Oh, oh Yeah. I just I'm with so, you. I, you know <laughs> I what? <love> leggings. <laughs> so my daughter gets so mad at me, but I'm to the point where I'm like, fuck it. And I wear my leggings to the store now. Yeah. Yeah. In, in this post-pandemic era. They're pants, fuck guys. It. They're fucking pants for me. Yeah. I think maybe because I, my other pants don't fit me now, but they're my pants. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment by any means. Oh. I have to get out. I gotta work out. Um, oh, Tan published a memoir, by the way. Shut your face, buy it for me. It's called Naturally Tan. <gasps> Love the family face. queer eye and what I wore. Uh, I, uh, oh my god, whoever came up with that, that I title. I know. Oh my god, it's... tell my husband to buy that for me. Okay. Um, I'll also buy it for you. I just have two copies and then you can have one on the shelf and one you read. You know. <laughs> I told you buy that for me like you are my husband. I know. <laughs> buy that for me. <laughs> At this point, you know. Uh, we kind of have it. A, 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 some sort of relationship like that going on. Common law marriage, I guess, at this point. I Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So in his memoirs, he talks about how he met his husband, a Mormon, and was, and his life as a gay man in a religious home. So he met his man's in utah there are gay mormons yes now practicing i don't think it's as common practicing but maybe ex-mormons yes that were you know obviously they're gay but they've kept it suppressed because of mormonism and then right 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 you know so um i'll come back to that he was nominated with the other eyes for an emmy in 2020 and is a style instructor as well now on the educational video platform Masterclass. So you know... What is that? You've never heard of that? No. Okay, so it's masterclass.com. You can go and literally... Gordon Ramsay teaches you cooking. Uh-huh. He'll teach you style. You can do like literally anything on there. Um, fashion, food, makeup, art, oh. music, um, businesses, like learning how to set up your own business. You go on and pay, like, depending on the course. Will it tell us how to podcast? Probably. Yeah, I think there was a podcasting one, yeah. Y'all, we're going to learn how to podcast now. Yeah, only 35 episodes in. We're finally going to Google it. (laughs) (laughs) You're 
<laughs> I'm gonna pee my pants. I know. Uh, me too. Okay, let me uh, keep going. So, it's uh, <laughs> great. Uh, on June 9th, 2020, Tan became a U.S. citizen, which he had been pursuing for 10 years and kept his British citizenship as well. So I remember seeing on Instagram and I was no, so No, don't tell the United States he kept his British citizenship. They don't allow that. I know they don't, but he If you apart. out him and he gets deported, I'm going to be so mad at you. He can't get deported. He's a citizen now. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, what? Oh. Look at this. Arts and entertainment. Home I know. Lifestyle. $15 a month, billed annually. You can learn all these things. Yep. Did y'all know about this? Were y'all keeping this from me? We all kept it from you, yes. Why? I, well, because we thought you knew, hon. Y'all know I'm old and don't know shit. <laughs> Masterclass is really cool. I It, it absolutely is. And, and yeah, Tandy's on there. So if you want to like, oh, how do you do like... Uh, styling or you know color blocking like stuff what's like that. color you. blocking you don't know what color blocking it oh hon yeah you know so you like wear one color like literally it's basically what it sounds like you wear one color on the top one color on the bottom so like for instance if I was like um I'm gonna do blue a bright blue top uh-huh and then bright yellow bottoms or whatever it I doesn't mean- have to be like that it can also just be like I'm gonna do blue jeans and then a white top that's oh, color blocking. I can do that. I wear jeans and a yeah. I, I can do that. I mean, it gets more. It can get more complicated, of course. But yeah, that's don't essentially call, no, what it don't. is. You're like, please don't. No. So currently, Tan lives with his husband Rob, married since 2007 in Salt Lake City, Utah. His husband Rob is a pediatric nurse and illustrator. A nurse? Yeah. Yeah, I know. When they married, they had two weddings, one in London, then New York City, when it was legalized in the U.S. I know. You didn't know RuPaul was on Masterclass? Oh my I didn't God. know what Masterclass was. That's true. That I, I, honey. And you know, read, read what uh, Ru is actually. Self-expression and authenticity. Yep. Self-expression and authenticity. I am so mad at all of you guys. <laughs> Everyone. All two of you that are listening to this. <laughs> oh, God. In April 2021, Rob and Tan announced that they were expecting their first child, a boy, via a surrogate. Ismail France was born on July 10th, 2021, and after three weeks in the NICU, they brought him home August 3rd. Preciousness, preciousness. What is... is did they announce the baby's name? Yeah. You said it, Ismail. Yeah, yeah. Um, whenever I am on Instagram and I just get the chance to scroll past one of Tanny's posts with his Oh, like, it's son. so sweet. The ba- him and the baby is so sweet. Like I love it. I want to hug them. I know, I know, I know. Like reach the phone and just be like, Oh, I love them. I know. Um so Tan is a vocal opponent to colorism, racism, homophobia, and Islamophobia, and created an Instagram account called Shaded to promote cultural diversity and talk about the diaspora. So heads up, that link will also be on our blog, or you can just type in Shaded on Instagram, and it's an account called that, and it's literally like BIPOC creators and information and, you know, diversity inclusion. It's really, really, really cool. So take a look at that. That's just another way that Tan is still giving back besides, I mean, being incredible and 
on the show, which we all freaking love. And yeah, it's just, I was really excited to see Tan. Also because remember on season two, in the episode um, God Loves Gay, I think it's the first, uh, the first episode with Mama, um, oh my gosh. She was, her son is gay and she wanted to invite him to homecoming at church. And they're sitting around the table making oh, pasta salad. Yes. And he didn't feel comfortable at church. Yes. And yes. so Tan is like, you know, and the mom was like candid saying like the only, one of the main reasons why I originally opposed my son being gay is like I, I wouldn't get any grandchildren. And Tan's like, oh no, honey, you could totally have grandchildren. In fact, I'm going to have babies one day and they'll be my babies. And then... Flash forward years later, baby, Ismail. I was like, oh, I just love seeing that like arc, you know, of his life. It's so cool. But that's Tan. Does that make you feel a lot better? Yeah, because I love him. And I and I can't believe all you and all two people out there hid this from me. Well, we've lost her officially on this website, so I'm gonna end it there. Thank y'all so much for listening to us. Um as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.